realized it's National Bird Day today, and then Mark says, oh, I have a bird story. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, I want to hear the bird story. And he's like, yeah, it's, uh, and he started telling it, and I'm like, no, let's save it yeah. for tomorrow. So now here so we now are. we want to know. After the big buildup, Mark, this better be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go it ahead. Is. It is. Tell your story. Yes. So last year, um, you know, we were still living in Minnesota. Uh, we had known for the two years prior that the Lord was calling us to move to the Tampa-St. Petersburg area here in Florida. And so we spent much time in prayer about it, much time coming down here to just kind of pray while we were here and just to listen to the Lord and to seek out uh, several avenues where we thought maybe He was leading us. And so everything was uh, beginning to—the pieces of the puzzle were kind of coming from every direction and were starting to come together, but the things that were missing were how are we going to finance this whole thing because jobs had not fully come together for both my wife and I at the time, though we could kind of see it from the distance. And so it was May. It was May 16th of last year. I remember being at a point where I was very stressed out because our lease was up in July. So we were really just less than two months away from having to make this move, and there were some key pieces that were still missing. So I'm sitting there in the kitchen, and I'm looking out the window. It's a sunny day, and I'm stressed out. Then all of a sudden, this big black raven bird flies, and it lands in my front yard. Yeah. And I'm watching the bird as it's just kind of, you know, hopping around in the grass, and its big beak is going down into the soil, and he's eating. He's grabbing, you know, worms or seed or whatever it is that he was eating. But in five years of having lived in this home and looking out the window, I had never seen this big of a bird in my grass before. It was always just small pigeons and, and, and whatnot. But um, I'm, I'm looking at this just amazed, and then the Lord just dropped the seed, if you will, of the word from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And just for the sake of time, I'll just read verses 25 through 27. And this has to do in the Beatitudes where the Lord is speaking about care and anxiety. He says, Therefore I say to you, take no thought about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they do not sow, nor do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Who among you, by taking thought, can add a cubit to his stature? And it was Mm -hmm. such a comforting word to say, yes, Lord, you are always with us. You never leave us or forsake us. You've been with us through this entire process. You're bringing the pieces together. It's a matter of waiting upon you. And over the course of the next two months, The job situation obviously came together for both my wife and I. The living situation came together for us, and God graciously moved on the hearts of several people close to us to provide the financing that was needed to make the move. Wow. Wow. What a great story. See, I knew it was going to be a good one. It's God-honoring in a million different ways. I was thinking about that scripture as you were unpacking the story there again. I didn't know exactly where you were going. But yeah, out of Matthew chapter 6, look at the birds of the air. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount is talking about this stuff, the cure for anxiety. I picture him kind of sitting on a rock maybe or something, and birds are flying by, and he's like, look, over there, the birds of the air. And who of us, by worrying, could add 
a single hour to his life. You know, that's that's such a big deal. And I'm just thinking about this, too, as you're talking. Remember back in the Old Testament in 1 Kings 17 when David was greatly distressed as he was on the run after the prophets of Baal uh, saw their altar destroyed by the Lord when he called down fire? Oh, Elijah. Yes. Elijah. Elijah was on the run, mm-hmm. and what ended up happening was is God instructs him where to go. Yeah. Go to the brook in Carinth, for I who have already assigned the ravens to feed you. Yes. And that's another big component in this. If we first seek the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, he is faithful and has promised to add the rest to us. And so David obeyed, went where the Lord told him, and his needs were met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Elijah uh, is, yeah, it's First Kings. Let's see, First Kings? Yeah, yeah. First Kings 17. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, and part of this deal as well is... I think the way it opened is, now Elijah, here it is, now Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, King Ahab, not a good guy, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, uh, surely there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So the word of the Lord came to him saying, uh, you know, at that point, go away from here and turn eastward. So it didn't rain. Uh, for all those years, it was like three years or so. And so there it is. You know, Elijah is is proclaiming this word to King Ahab. And, he, you know, what he might have been thinking is, hey, this is my big moment, you know. You know, God, you call me to be a prophet. This is it. What's going to happen? So he gives the prophecy, and then he's thinking, okay, this is this must be it. I'm, I'm, I'm arriving. Of course, I'm speculating here, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. But instead, God says, go away from here. Turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook uh, Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. And, and just like you said, uh, Mark, that's where the ravens took care of him and um, provided food for him. So, you know, the unexpected way that God takes care of us as well. Unexpected answers to prayer when he shows up in our lives yeah. and unexpected avenues uh, the way that he provides for us. Um, and that really does stretch our faith. Wow, that's a great story. Mm-hmm. I knew this was going to potentially open up to a bigger conversation. So, follower of Jesus, what about you? You are thinking to yourself, wow, I can identify with what Mark was sharing there. I can identify with what uh, you know, 1 Kings 17 says about Elijah, how God took care of me in a very unexpected way. And you're thinking, man, if the ravens are bringing me meat, I'm not sure I really want it. <laughs> um, you know, what have you been doing with yeah. that meat? I'm being Where'd facetious there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, who would have predicted that that would be God's provision for Elijah? And then, of course, we know that he was there, and then the brook uh, finally dried up because of the, uh, you know, the lack of rain and the drought, and then he moved him on to somewhere else. Has God provided for you through a raven, if you will, an unexpected avenue? in your life. We'd love to hear that story. Let's go to Cindy in Winter Haven. Hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm great, guys. Um, God is hes just so present in my life. And if we take a minute and stop, we just don't have all the, the uh, comprehension to see everything he does because it's so vast. I had left my house, my home, and I was couch surfing for three months. And it's like, okay, I need to, I need to get a place. So I started looking around and you have to sign a year lease. And 
Um, you know, they want vast amounts of money, you know, for this. And it's like, I just, I can't do it. Lord, just if whatever you want, you're going to have to put it in my lap. And so I get an email from this lady who I, through music, knew her. And she's sending out a message on an email that says, um, hi, jammers, let's get together this Monday, blah, blah, blah. And then the next paragraph, she says, almost finished recovering the little cottage and getting ready to rent. Know any good folks who are looking for pristine, clean lodging? Oh, man. Wow. That's wonderful. I had been jamming at this lady's house for over a year. And, you know, we had, like, taken the summer off. And, like, the week I stopped looking and said, God, you're going to have to do this because I can't. And so he dumped, literally dumped this in my lap. And I just praise him. And every month, and she she says, oh, a year lease, that's not a problem. And she wrote in there month to month. Mm -hmm. And God is, he just like, I keep scratching my head going, why, Lord? You know, he's so good to us. And we just, oh. We just, I love him to pieces. <laughs> yes. I can Amen. tell that you do, Cindy. Thanks for sharing that story he with us. He loves a grateful heart, too. He sure does. Let's go to Karen in Ocala next. Hi, Karen. Good morning to you. Oh, good morning, friends. Such a pleasure to talk to you. What a great topic to see the hands of God being manifested in the use of his creation to bless his, his beloved. Mm-hmm. How wonderful. So, My story, I was also looking for provision. I didn't know how we were going to be moving to Florida from Buffalo, New York area. Whenever I need clarity from the Lord, I need to go into the forest and just be in his creation. And he gave me an opportunity to go to this beautiful preserve, a place that I go wandering all the time. But I went off the path, found myself at the edge of the water and just stood there. Suddenly, a a red-tailed hawk fluttered down in a tree probably 20 feet from me. Uh, The the bird saw me, got a little nervous, pulled back a bit, settled in, and began just looking about, looking at me, but looking about. I had a baseball cap on, and I I just was determined to stay extremely still and quiet. And I tried to catch a photo, and I waiting and waiting for the bird to lift off because it was a little fuzzy in the tree. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And I I didn't see the bird lift off the branch and she didn't fly away. She flew right at me in a very gentle way. Her face came under my baseball cap. She got within a foot of my nose Mm -hmm. and I saw her eye to eye, the tiny feathers surrounding her eye. And then she was gone and I turned to see where she was and I couldn't see her. And there she was in the tree above my head and then flew off and circled around the lake. And all I could say is God did provide his eyes on me, uh, mount up like wings of eagles. We were not sure how to make it down to Florida. We needed jobs. We needed a mortgage. Uh, It was unknown to me. And he met me there with this magnificent creature. I've never, I've always had encounters with birds. The Lord meets me in those places. But this was hands down the most magnificent I have ever imagined. Wow. Oh, 
I love that. I'm getting chills. Yeah. Oh, hearing that story, Karen, that is, that's fantastic. God commands the birds. You ever see a bird mm-hmm. having a nervous breakdown? <laughs> no, it just doesn't happen. Think about that for a moment. Yeah. Let's go to Kimberly next in Mulberry. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? So good to talk with you, Kurt. Yeah, it's so great to have you with us. We'd love to hear your story. Yes, I uh, uh, live in Mulberry, and we uh, have lived in our home for over 30 years now. And we just closed in our porch about a year and a half ago. And I call it my bird room because we have lots of windows, and it's all with knotty pine and it's actually my prayer room as well. Oh, nice. But last February, I was sitting there early in the morning, and I just felt um, such a foreboding with I've been was being attacked by the devil by so many avenues. <clears throat> and I was studying the scripture, James four seven and eight: resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw close to God, and he will draw closer to you. And I looked out, and I have my bird feeder right by one of my big windows where I sit on my couch, and I saw a painted bunting. And oh, those are beautiful birds. One. They're gorgeous. Absolutely, like a rainbow. It had every color, the yellow and the pink and some red and green, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And I just, I get chills just thinking about it now, but... I just sat there and watched it, and he just kept looking at me and and fluttering around and then coming back. But he actually stayed for about two weeks, two to three weeks. And every morning when I went out there, he would still be there. And I just felt the presence of the Lord. I feel it right now when I'm talking about it, just the Holy Spirit, just lifting me up and saying, you know, I am with you, and I will never leave you or forsake you. And just the, and his, you know, just having him with me. I felt so strong, and I could fight off all the demons that were trying to attack me at that moment and to, through to today. today. Oh, Amen. man. Amen. Whether it That's be a great. beautiful bird like that or an average ordinary sparrow, God has his eye on mm-hmm. us. Let's go to Art. Hi, Art. How are you? Oh, marvelous. Thank you, sir. Excellent. I bet you have a story. <laughs> I have a quick one, but I battled to make it quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I was in a relationship with a uh, co-worker, and the relationship was seeking the Lord's face about whether we supposed to spend our lives together or not. So we were not dating. We were seeking God's face. And um, on vacation with her mother... The mother decided we needed to return home and get jobs after having been in ministry for two years together. Um, she gave us uh, my, uh, this lady's car and money for gas because we'd been in ministry for two years, Youth for Christ and YWAM. And um, we head out at home. And it was about 800 kilometers we had to go. And after we did about 500 kilometers, the gas was really low. And we said, Lord, what about this? We were riding into a strong headwind, and it was using way more fuel than it was supposed to use. And uh, we kept driving, and we kept saying to the Lord, what would you like to do next? You know, but this oh, the gas needle went and rested on the little pin at the, the, the bottom of the tank where it says empty. Mm. And we kept driving, and it kept running, and we drove 200 kilometers like that. What? You're wow. kidding me. Oh, man. Whiff of gas in the car, 
And we ended up doing nearly 500 kilometers in a tank of gas that will only do 200 kilometers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Oh, my and goodness. De- defying comprehension. Uh, we yeah. parked the car, switched it off. The next morning, what happened? We, we wanted to, we had to go and get groceries. So uh, when we went out to the car, it just uh, cranked over, but it never uh, fired. So I walked to the gas station, bought gas, because now we were at home and had uh, money, and put the gas in the car, and then it worked perfectly. So just our early days, confirmation from the Lord, we ended up getting married. We've now been married 47 years. But that's the kind of basis on which we got. Together as a couple, you know? That's a wonderful story. And I have heard many, many, many stories like that. God does gas. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are people who are traveling, and they're like, oh, no, I have no gas. And God keeps the car running. When I was doing overnights on Moody Radio, we opened up the phones, uh, and I had a lot of those stories where people, you know, I I totally believe it. That's who our God is. He takes care of us. Yes, he is. Sometimes, though, he allows us to run out of gas to teach us a lesson. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. There's that application. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got Jose uh, on the line with us. Hey, Jose, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Doing great. Thank God. Everything great. Good. What's your story? Well, I got a, I got a story. It was touching today from when I heard you on the radio. It, it kind of came to me. Um, God has always made miracles in my life. I grew up at a young age without a mother and a father. I grew up in the suburbs of California, got shot, got stabbed, was in gang and stuff. And, and God put me out of all that stuff. I was tired of being tired. And I finally, you know, I always knew I had a close connection with him. Long story short, he brings me to Miami 23 years later. I have a beautiful family. I have beautiful kids. I look back and all of these things have made me stronger. And I'm a strong believer that he does change you in a way. And, and, and in the hard times is where you really learn to know who he really is and how he's by your side. And I moved recently to Montura Ranch, uh, about an hour and a half from Miami. God made another miracle for me. He's given me two houses. He's, you know, not only success, I'm just blessed to be alive every day. Where I'm one of those statistics that never should have made it. And I have a strong belief, you know. I was going to church in Miami, and I haven't found quite a church. I've been here three months yet that I want to take my family to. I've been to a few that are really far away. So there's not much in this community, and I'm trying to, you know, this, this your radio show was inspiring to me how, you know, it, he always provides a seed for us no matter where he takes us. All right, what's the big takeaway here? God's going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. The same God who provided through the ravens for Elijah, the brook Cherith provides for you. He may take you to the edge, but he's not going to fail you. Hang on. 